0: All of us want to be seen. And one of the things we want seen the very most is our excellence. We want people to see what we're good at, our positive traits and what makes us stand out above the rest. But all too often, people don't see our excellence. They don't see these things about us. And what that does is it leaves us in a state of complete confusion. And desperate to try to get people to see us. But everything we do to try to get them to see us, just ends up in vain. And today, I'm gonna tell you why. you something today that has the potential to change your entire life and here it is the recognition of excellence is 100% dependent upon desire that may seem like a small statement but if you actually sit with that statement for a while so that you really get it that actually has the capacity to change everything you're doing in your life most of the time we're running around trying to get other people to see us as excellent it's like this overperforming However, if we understand that there's nothing we can ever do to get somebody to recognize that excellence because we can't change what people desire, now we have the power to be completely set free. Because instead of trying to get people to see us that never will because they don't desire what we are and what we have and what we can do, we dedicate our attention and our focus and our energy towards those people who will recognize our excellence because they want exactly what we have. To illustrate this truth, I'm gonna expose a trauma to you. Now, most of you wouldn't think of this type of trauma. The reason is this, when the majority of children grow up in households where the impression that their parents or caregivers give them is that they always have to make some sort of improvement, these children tend to feel like they're never good enough. This is not the kind of trauma that belongs to the type of people that are gonna help us illustrate this issue. With desire, meaning that somebody can't recognize excellence. The person who grows up in a household where they're constantly believing that they're never good enough and always have to improve, actually isn't the most disempowered. The reason is this. If you know you're not good enough, you at least have somewhere to go. It's at least clear that there's a hope that if you improve enough, one day somebody will actually recognize you as excellent. There is another kind of child. This child is the best at whatever they do. This child might be a savant, this child might be a prodigy. This child is undoubtedly and unboastingly excellent at something. And yet the reflection that they get from the outside world does not match that. It becomes a gaslight. For example, a little eight-year-old girl is in a gymnastics class and is able to do a double backflip in front of the class. When she does this, the coach says, good job and invites the next girl under the floor. This little girl who's also 8 years old does a cartwheel and the class as well as coach erupts into clapping and praise. The child who is clearly excellent and clearly the best in class cannot believe she is not good enough because it is clear that is not reality. It isn't possible to gaslight herself in this scenario. The reality is that she is the best in class and she is excellent and so that can mean only one thing, that they don't actually see her which makes her feel like she's living life behind a pane of glass and no one can see in. She begins to believe that if she could just make them see her, she would receive the acknowledgement and recognition that makes sense for reality. The trauma here is that life is a gaslight where the people who are obviously not boastingly much more excellent are getting no recognition of that fact. This is actually the most powerless position you can end up in. Much more powerless than a child who simply is raised to believe that they're never good enough. Because there's nowhere to go, there's no room for improvement, if you are already the best, already performing better than everyone else, there is no possible way that you can do anything more to end up at the results you want, which is for people to recognize your excellence. There's literally nothing you can do. What this little girl cannot see is the desires of the other people in this class. Think about this for a moment. Most adults, if they're honest, want kids that are cute. Now, when a child is a hyper performer, meaning that they perform things that they shouldn't be able to perform at their particular age, is it cute? Or is it a little bit unsettling? So obviously, if the coach wants a cute kid, and believe me, there are plenty of coaches who operate with little children that don't actually want the excellence of the child. What they're really after is, how cute it is for a kid to be really focusing hard and dedicating themselves. And what do the kids want? Kids want someone they can connect with and someone that they can play with. When a child that's in their social group excels so far beyond the rest of the social group, it's difficult for children, number one, to feel good about themselves and two, to relate to that child. The opportunity to really be on an equal playing field and connected to that child isn't there. So naturally, the classmates are going to react way better to the kid that they can feel good about themselves because they can encourage that other child and the kid who is obviously struggling so they can relate to it. Basically, neither party involved in this particular scenario actually desires somebody in that class that is a prodigy. And so the excellence of that prodigy will not be recognized. It's very tempting in specific settings to think that somebody always wants the obvious thing that someone would want in that particular scenario. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, that a coach would want a hyper-performing athlete. Don't think so fast. We know this because of doctor's offices. It's tempting to think that anybody who goes into a doctor's office desires to feel better and get better. But you know that's not the real reason that a lot of people go into doctor's offices. Just act a doctor. Your assumption that people who get into the self-help and the spiritual awakening community want to see reality is what makes it so that you can't see why some people recognize my excellence and others simply don't. If you sum up what I am and what I am the most excellent at, it is showing people reality. I am essentially an embodied mirror. Now what do we know about seeing reality? Does it feel good? Or does it feel really crappy a lot of the time? What this means is, I make people really, really uncomfortable. Now here's a funny thing. If I rounded up all people on the planet Earth from every different walk of life, different cultures, different countries, different genders, everything, and I took that collective consciousness and I extracted the dominant desire that is being broadcast forth from human consciousness, guess what it is? Comfort. So, am I somebody who is wanted by the dominant demographic? No. The majority of people do not want what I am excellent at and therefore they are not going to recognize the excellence. If you consider yourself someone who recognizes my excellence and who wants therefore to see reality, think about what it took for you to get to the point where what you wanted was reality instead of comfort. We all want comfort, it's an obvious human need. But here's the thing, so often if comfort is your priority, that will pull you in the opposite direction of seeing reality and really facing yourself and especially facing those deep wounds. Now, here's the thing. You think, well, Teal's part of the self-help spiritual community, right? What if I told you that that's the very worst place for me to be recognized for my excellence? Why? Because the vast majority of people who are part of the self-help field, part of the spiritual field, do so to feel better. They do so to feel comfort. More so than even the average demographic. So the people who will recognize my excellence the very least are those who are part of that field. It might be interesting for you guys to know that that's also why I don't have a demographic. If you look around the world at people who will recognize my excellence because they want what I have to offer, people who want to see reality and want to really face themselves, there is no one person for that, is there? That's why if you come to my events, it's so confusing. It's why marketing professionals can never figure out my demographic. Because if you're sitting there looking into the audience, it looks like a group of people who would never meet ever in any other scenario. Why? Because a person who wants to see reality is that emotionally neglected housewife who has all the money she could hope for. It's this person who's homeless on the street. It's that athlete. It's this multi-billionaire who's just sort of feeling empty in life. It's this black person in the projects. It's this Asian person who's sick of all the cultural um, indoctrination with how much they have to dedicate themselves to the family. There is no demographic, there is no age, there is nothing. I am simply made for people who want to see reality. In our families, the recognition of our innate excellence doesn't usually happen because our parents wanted something else than what we were naturally excellent at. This is why our sibling that could adapt to become whatever they wanted, was the one who was loved the most. For example, a boy who is excellent at athletics in a home where parents want a child to be intellectually excellent, will not be acknowledged or loved for that excellence. A child who is a natural problem solver will be shamed for their excellence in a home where the family agreement is validate one another. The child who is excellent for being smart enough to see reality in a family where the family has an overlay will be told he or she is too difficult and will be turned into the family scapegoat. Everything works this way. We only recognize value if it's in alignment with our needs. We only recognize excellence if it's in alignment with what we desire. And I mean everything in life works this way, not just the recognition of excellence. For example, in a time of war, money has no value whatsoever. Alcohol does, because it's what people need and desire. If what you want is a car and I give you a horse, you're going to be upset with the horse and certainly not recognize the excellence of it, even if what I just handed you is secretariat. Because you want a car. However, there is someone in the world that wants secretariat, isn't there? A friend will not recognize the excellence and success of their friend if what they want primarily is to feel equal or better in the friendship in terms of social status. A mother will not recognize the personal excellence of her child if that excellence is different to her own if what she wants is a mini-me. A person cannot recognize the excellence of the best athletes in the world in any sport if they have never wanted to excel at that sport or wanted to learn about that sport enough to really care about it at all. Excellence can be developed, but it's inborn. It's like a pearl that was always inside of a clamshell. And everyone is born with that pearl. There is no exceptions. Why? Because we live in a universe that really doesn't have any interest in redundancy. This universe is always interested in unique and non-redundant excellence. If you were created as a separate being, which you were, it is because you are an embodiment of a very specific form of excellence. But we often don't see this excellence. We do not see what we're truly excellent at. And if we did see it, we are likely to feel bad about what we are excellent at instead of feel good about it. And this happens for two primary reasons. One, if we are naturally excellent at something, it takes us almost no effort to do it. So we don't see it as anything special. Two, if we don't recognize excellence, most likely the reflection that we got from people around us, especially in our early life, was that that thing was either unimportant, meaning it was completely ignored, or it got us negative attention. (laughs) So that thing that we're actually excellent at, We were led to believe and taught to believe was bad and wrong and took us in the exact opposite direction of our needs by the people in our society, by the people in our family, the people that mattered the most to us. Because let's remember, survival for us is closeness with the social group. When we do not recognize our own excellence, we can't actually see the non-redundant nature of our excellence. Therefore, what we end up doing is trying to compete with other people to be better than they are at the thing that they are good at, that we think we're good at too. We do this instead of feeling that incredible flow and that self-esteem that comes from literally doing what is easy for us to do and most natural for us to do and receiving the positive feedback from other people who actually love and recognize and need that. We gravitate towards jobs and people and places where we have a hard time and we gain self-esteem out of how hard we're trying and all the hard work. We do not feel the fulfillment of walking in alignment with our unique purpose, which entails gifting the world with the gift we were imbued with upon our birth. We also do not gravitate toward the people, places and jobs where people really want what we genuinely have to offer. So we feel consistently undervalued. Excellence and purpose, they're intertwined and both are inborn. Now, we tend to think of purpose in an incredibly limited way. We tend to think of purpose in terms of the job that we will be doing, but that's a very one-dimensional way of looking at it. Also, your purpose actually never changes throughout life. It unfolds, which means that it often changes the form in which it is expressing itself. For example, a person's excellence might be commitment, or organization, or problem solving, or efficiency, or athletics, or achievement. Now it's obvious looking at all of these different things that any one of them could filter themselves into many different expressions. And it should be filtered according to what expression feels the very best to a person at a given time. For example, a person whose purpose is organization might turn into a world expert home organizer, or a secretary, or a construction superintendent. And what feels best to a person will feel like fun. Have you noticed yet that people's definition of fun is nothing like anyone else's definition of fun? (laughs) Sometimes people agree, but if you get enough people in a room, one person will think that something's awesome and another person will be like, yeah, no, that sucks, like I'd probably rather just get my teeth drilled. That's because we all have different inborn excellence, different inborn purpose and therefore different inborn intrinsic motivation. They have different intrinsic motivation because they are a different part of the makeup of the engine of the universe and therefore have different excellence and different purpose. The thing about excellence and purpose is you actually always do know what it is down deep in your soul. You're just not usually super consciously admitting to it. (laughs) And here's the thing, it's always staring you in the face, but you are busy denying, disowning, and rejecting it. When you disown your purpose, you feel it is lost. And at the same time, because it doesn't go away, you also feel like it's gonna force you against your free will to do what it wants despite the consequences of doing so. You're already programmed to hate your own actual excellence, or at the very least to see it as nothing to be celebrated and not of much value. For this reason, the first thing to ask yourself is this, what bad thing might happen or negative consequence might occur if I knew my excellence and purpose? and could no longer escape or avoid it? Really take time to answer this question. It's perfectly understandable why this would be terrifying. Why? Because the majority of us, we only fell out of alignment with our purpose and our unique excellence because we abandoned our own compass for someone else's compass. We did what we felt like they were right about us doing not what we intrinsically wanted to do. Therefore, we have built the majority of our life and the structure of it today, based off of complete inauthenticity. So obviously, if you regain your compass, there's a high likelihood that a lot of the life you've built up is about to fall down. To get closer to your excellence, think back to your childhood and ask yourself two questions. The first is, what did you naturally and intrinsically do just for the doing of it? If you're worried that your answer might not reflect something you like doing for the sake of doing it, rather than for the sake of the way you were praised for doing it, imagine that you had no audience at all. Imagine you had no positive feedback for it at all. Would you still love doing it? And two, what were you naturally doing all the time that you either got no recognition for or that you couldn't seem to stop doing no matter how much you were given negative feedback for it? We are willing to preserve our social connections and to believe that they are actual connections when they aren't at the risk of almost anything. That includes never seeing our excellence or purpose. And here's the thing, your purpose can't force you. No one can force you to see your excellence or to own your purpose. That's something that has to come from free will. But this is sort of a funny idea anyway, because here's the thing, Your physical embodiment was forged in the fire of the purpose you had before you came to this life. So, if you did nothing in your physical existence, but go in the direction of what felt better, 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 you would inevitably end up with your purpose smack dab in your lap. Many of you love to tell yourself that your parents pulled you away from your own compass and pulled you away from your actual excellence because they knew it was good for you. But the thing is, is that they didn't. What they did know is what was good for them. I should say, they think they know what's good for them. They knew what they desired. And when you were born as something different than that, they tried to turn you into what they wanted, without realizing that this universe always pairs parents with children who are a match to their actual desires. Why is it that parents can't see that they were paired with the child who's a match to their actual desires? The answer is, be careful what you wish for. If what is broadcasting on an energetic level to the universe from somebody, is the desire to be more free, because they're, let's call it such a codependent personality type, likely, they're gonna have a child who already is the embodiment of all of those things. It's understood that this child will be calling this parent into the space of freedom. But what do we know about the parent? They're gonna get super angry at the freedom that the child holds, not knowing at all that this child is in fact, the very step they're supposed to take. If a person wants happiness and is unhappy because of a coping mechanism they have, it is a guarantee they will be given a child who demolishes their capacity to cope in that way. They will think, when this is occurring, that this child is not what they wanted. Another way to try to get closer to your individual excellence is to think about something that you do so easily that you cannot figure out why is so hard for other people to do. A person who is incredible at something, who is excellent at it, because it is an inborn and natural strength that they have, doesn't relate to struggle around that thing. I mean, somebody who is born with mathematics in their being, cannot understand a person who can't figure out times tables. You can also ask other people what they think that you're excellent at. If they were talking behind your back and somebody was like, what are you excellent at? What would they say? Pay close attention and special attention to the things that they say that you're excellent at that make you cringe. Question why you don't want it to be true that you are excellent at those things that you're getting the reflection that you're excellent at. What did you make it mean if you were good at that thing? Can you challenge this meaning? Like I've said before, you are likely to choose your social group and your sense of connection with people over absolutely everything, including the recognition of your excellence. But what you've got to accept is, this doesn't actually mean that you have real connections, because they're not connected to you. They're connected to a character you're playing. What this means is, you don't really belong, and you aren't really wanted. And this also means we have to break free of a gaslight. It's one of the most pervasive gaslights in families. The gaslight is, I love you and I have always wanted you. When someone says these words and yet what they're doing with their actions is constantly disapproving of your natural excellence and constantly making you have to change yourself into something else so that they can love you, then the reality is they don't actually love you. They don't know how to. And they don't want you. That's the reality. We fall into this gaslight all the time. But we fall into it at the detriment of our own universal calling, and at the detriment of our own individual lives. You will only really ever get belonging with the people who recognize your actual excellence, because they want that excellence. Your abundance is only ever gonna come as a result of this as well. See, in this universe that you live in, value is exchangeable for value on earth, isn't it? That means that if there's something that you are intrinsically incredibly good at, There is somebody in the world that values that. And if they value it, it will be of value enough to exchange value for it. Having said all of this, your best bet to try to get what you have always wanted, is to try to show people, based off of knowing acutely what they want, how your excellence fits in perfectly with what they actually want. But that being said, I don't want you to run around trying to Prove to people that what they want really is you, in some weird way. Because I would much rather you gravitate in the direction of people who already know that they already want that. And here's the thing, there's gonna be a whole bunch of people that it doesn't matter how hard you try, you are never gonna convince them that you fit in at all with what it is that they are wanting. Gravitate to the people, places and situations where your excellence is recognized. And as a society, we need to learn to develop the capacity to recognize excellence beyond the super self-centered confines of our own desires, so we can recognize the need for an excellence of every role. If we can do this, we can then direct those things of excellence to the people, places and things that want them most. I cannot tell you how much the complexity of human society has prevented the expansion of human society. If the human species in general would just realize that it's a much better strategy to figure out the unique excellence of each individual and then place that individual in the exact place where that excellence is needed and wanted, instead of figuring out what each person wants and desires and trying to get people to change so that they'll line up with that, the speed of expansion within the human race would be exponential. I am ending this episode by asking you to ask yourself two questions. The first is, in any scenario where someone is not recognizing your excellence, I want you to ask yourself, what is the thing that this person actually desires in this scenario, or with me, or in general, that makes it so that in this scenario they cannot recognize my excellence? And number two is, if I could just accept that the recognition of excellence is 100% dependent upon desire, how would that change my life and the way I see it, retrospectively? How would it change the way that I live my life today? Have a good week.